morning, if you will, and turn back to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 28, and I know that we were uh, here last Sunday morning for Easter, uh, and there was a very important part of the message that we just didn't make it to, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, it was just way, way too important to miss and not preach it today, so I know this is not Easter, but... Um, Anyway, I want to talk to you a little bit more today about what we're calling the resurrection stone. And so Matthew chapter 28 in your Bibles, and when you find your place, if you'll stand with us this morning, if you're able, that is, uh, Matthew 28, and uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. Matthew chapter 28 in your Bibles, and notice, if you will, verse number 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. Well, good news, he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And I want to draw your attention this morning, if I could, to verse number two. That's our text. And the Bible says, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. Two things happened. The Bible says, And came and rolled back the stone from the door, and then there's a comma right there. And the Bible says, and sat upon it. And so he rolled the stone back and then he sat upon it. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that resurrection stone today. You may be seated uh, this morning and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Now, I don't know that this picture right here is very accurate. Uh, and I'm using a different slide from what I used last week. But I found this picture and I'm going to be honest, I couldn't find a whole lot. I couldn't find a whole lot on this subject, period, to be honest with you, on this uh, sitting on the stone. And there wasn't a lot of pictures either. But I did find this picture right here. And sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words. And uh, we remember about 30% of what we hear. We remember about 80% of what we see. Uh, that's why it's very, very important. We're very careful about what we let our eyes see. Because uh, 80% of that's going to lodge in this computer right here. And, it's, and when it gets in this computer, it's gonna ha you're going to have a hard time getting it out. Um, and so I wanted to try to at least put a little bit of a visual. It may not be accurate, biblically accurate, but, uh, it, but at least it, it serves as a landmark for you. And so we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, we're not going to hardly review it all. We're just going to give you what we preached on last Sunday. And then we're going to jump right into some brand new material today. So let's pray and ask the Lord to help us because how many know we need the Lord's help today? Father, we love you. Thank you for this church. And thank you for church. Thank you for the church, the, the church of God, the family of God. And Lord, we're privileged to be a part of it today. And we just appreciate, uh, Lord, this uh, wonderful opportunity. We've used that word over and over again this morning, but... Lord, it really is. It's, 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 it's an opportunity, and it's one that you've given to us, and we thank you. Lord, this is not an accident. There's no one here today, that, today that's by accident. Now, they may think they are, but Lord, you're a God of providence. And so if someone's here today, it's on purpose. If someone's watching the live stream, even if they just sort of stumbled by the live stream and they thought it was pure accidental, 
Lord, help them to understand it's not pure accidental. It's the providence of God. And Lord, that means that you have something for me. And that means that you have something for those that are here today and those that are watching and listening by way of the live stream. And so, Lord, I pray that you would knit our hearts together now as we learn something from the Bible. Heavenly Father, hide this preacher, please, behind the cross of Calvary. There's nothing in me that can help these people. But, Lord, if I can somehow serve as the conduit and Spirit of God, if somehow you could flow through me and to your people, well, Lord, they'll get some help. And so I pray that's what happens today. And I pray that Jesus Christ will receive glory and praise from all that's done. Please save that one that's lost and undone without Jesus and on their way to hell. And God, encourage that one that's discouraged today. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray, asking for your help, Lord. And all God's people said, amen. The resurrection stone. Now, this is as far as we got last Sunday morning. But we said there are two things that happened in the passage that we read this morning. Number one, the Bible tells us that the angel came and the stone was rolled back. In fact, I think I've got that on your screen today. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. The stone was rolled back. And we said last Sunday, thank God that our God has the power to roll back the stones in your life, whatever they may be, whatever the problems may be, whatever the setbacks may be whatever the burdens may be. And I know there are people here this morning and you say, Pastor, but you don't understand. You don't know my life. You don't know my background. You don't know the mountains that, that I'm up against right now. And you're right about that. I don't know. But someone said, and I like this, someone said it's time that we quit telling God how big our mountains are. And it's about time we start telling our mountains how big our God is. And, uh, you know, there is no mountain that's too big that he can, can't help you to overcome it. And there's no valley that's too deep. There's no obstacle. There's no addiction. There's no bondage. There's no stronghold. In fact, my Bible tells me that our God is able to pull down those strongholds no matter how mighty they may be. And so if you're here this morning and Satan has come to you and, and told you that there's no hope, uh, I'm, I'm here to tell you that the devil is a liar the Bible promises that in John 8, 44. He's a liar, the father of lies. And if it's coming out of his mouth, it's not true. I promise you that. It's deceitful. And, uh, and so listen to me. I'm telling you that whatever the problem may be in your life, I serve a God that is able to roll that stone away. And so the stone was rolled back. But that's not all the scripture says. Notice again, Matthew 28, verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and, and came and rolled back the stone from the door. And then again, there's a comma right there. And the Bible says, and sat upon it. Now, the other day I came upon it, and that's really where this message came from. And that's why we had to get to the main part of the message. I didn't even get to the main part of the message last week. And, and I, I had to give, this, give you this thing that God had laid on my heart so strongly. I read that a few weeks ago and I thought, I know I've read that quite a few times, but I never really noticed that part where the angel sat on the stone. He not only rolled it away, but the angel sat upon the stone. I could not help but think about Brother Mike Hersey's great question that he asked down at the question and answer a few weeks ago. Brother Mike got up and he read a, uh, what seemed to be an obscure verse in the Bible, and Brother Mike, as only Brother Mike can, Brother Mike said, preacher, 
Why is that in there? What does it have to do with anything? And I guess you could sort of ask that same question with Matthew 28 and verse number two. If we're not careful, we'll just read right over it and not give it a passing thought. And we just think, well, you know, God put it in there for feeler. Listen, God doesn't put anything in this book for feeler. Uh, there are things that God left out. Uh, I mean, the Bible says that if all the works of the Lord Jesus were recorded, there's not enough books in the world to record all those things. And so we understand that this is not by accident. It's not, it's not feeler. And I said that to say this, Calvary, there is a reason that the Bible mentions this angel sitting upon the stone. Now, I'll say very quickly today, it wasn't irreverent. The angel didn't do that as, a, uh, as an act of irreverence. This wasn't a joke. Uh, sometimes I believe we find a little humor in the Bible, but I don't believe this was a, uh, I don't believe this was an act of humor when the angel sat upon the stone. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. I really believe with all my heart that as we read this passage and we read about this angel sitting on the stone, I really believe that there are some great lessons that we can learn from this little Little snippet right here in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number two. The Bible says he sat upon that stone. Now, uh, let's talk about that a little bit today if I could. Several things that sitting upon the stone implies today. And so here they are. Number one, I want you to notice, Calvary, that sitting implies resting. Now, again, I'm just, you know what, I'm, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I know you didn't put that in there by accident. I know that's not in there by accident. I know there is a reason that the Holy Ghost put that in there. There's a reason that the Bible records that the angel sat on the stone. Didn't just roll it away, but he sat upon it. And as I begin to think and pray and seek God's face and ask God to show me what this was about, boy, God began to speak to my heart. Sitting implies resting. Now, you say, Pastor, what do you mean? Well, think about it. This angel has just rolled a stone away that some say could have weighed as much as two tons. I mean, uh, this was Joseph of Arimathea's grave. Joseph was a wealthy man, and typically the wealthy had a large grave, and usually the stone that was used to cover the grave of a wealthy man was a very large stone. Again, some saying it could have weighed as much as two tons, and yet we find this angel resting on the stone. He's not laying down. He's not holding his back. He's not overexerted. He's not hyperventilating. Understand that he is sitting on this huge stone that he's just rolled away. Now, think about this. Again, this is just, I don't know if this will change your life, but it's just interesting to think about. Don't forget what we said last Sunday morning, that there was also a Roman seal that was placed upon this stone. Not only was it rolled in place uh, in such a way as not to be moved, but, it was, but, but, but after being rolled in place, a Roman seal was placed upon the stone. And we do not get the sense here that this angel is terrified of Rome. Now, if you broke that seal, basically what it was saying this, if you break the seal of Rome, you're gonna suffer the wrath of the empire. That's what it was saying. And yet, this angel has just broke the seal. Are y'all following me? He has just rolled the stone away. He has just went against the whole empire of Rome, and yet we find him seated on the stone. Now, what are you saying, preacher? The angel sat down on the major obstacle that he just 
rolled away. He was resting, my dear friend, wasn't afraid. He was resting in the reality that Jesus had risen from the dead just like he said he would. In fact, notice there in Matthew 28, verse number six, the angel says that. In verse six, he said, he is not here for he is risen as he said. Now again, you say, Pastor, what in the world does that have to do with me? Actually, it has quite a bit to do with you. Did you know that there is rest for the person who knows and trusts in a resurrected Savior? Now, again, I, I'm not sure that you're following me on this thing, but, but I'm just trying to think, okay, Lord, wait a minute now, wait a minute now. Uh, inquiring minds want to know. And God specifically tells us the angel didn't just roll it away, sat on it. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, why is this angel sitting on the stone he just rolled away? And even, even, the, even in the picture, it is a depiction of rest. He's not worried. He's not nervous. He's not taking uh, Valium. He's not taking Xanax. I mean, buddy, he is at perfect rest because he knows that he serves a resurrected Savior. I say again, there is rest for the person who knows and trusts in a resurrected Savior. I'm glad that I can announce to this crowd this morning that you don't have to live a turbulent life the rest of your life. You say, Pastor, my life's all to pieces. I mean, it just seems like it's coming apart at the seams and it seems like I've got nothing but trouble. I've got trouble on Monday. I've got trouble on Tuesday. I've got trouble all through the week and I've got this burden and I've got this problem and I've got this person against me and I've got this facing me and, and it seems like I just never can get over the hump and, and, uh, and you say, Preacher, what's the problem? Well, maybe, just maybe, it's time that you try Jesus. Because there is rest. I'm telling you, there is rest for those who know a risen Savior. Now, I'm not saying, church, that your life's gonna be without problems. I'm not saying that you're not gonna have burdens. I'm not saying there's not gonna be temptations. I'm not saying that, that there's not gonna be valleys. But I am saying this. I'm saying when you know Christ as your personal Savior, you can face those problems with a peace that you've never had. That's what I'm saying. Now, I want you to take your Bibles this morning. I, listen, I've got too many to show you, but I want to show you some of them. I want you to turn over with me to the book of Matthew. You're in Matthew. Turn back a few pages to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter number 11. I'm talking about a rest. A rest. When you know Christ as Savior, you can rest. Look at Matthew 11, verse number 28. Church, this is going to help you. Matthew 11, verse number 28. Now, if you've got a red letter edition Bible, you'll notice this is in red. And the reason it's in, it's in red is because our Savior is speaking to us. And he says in verse number 28, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Listen, are you laboring today? Are you heavy laden? Are you burdened down with a heavy load? Are you here this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't know how I'm gonna face tomorrow. Preacher, I'm, I'm going to have to go to the doctor to see if he can give me more medication to try to make it through the next day. Are you heavy laden? Are you burdened down? Look what he says. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Is that what he said, church? Dr. Malone used to say it's in the book. What are you going to do about it? He said, come unto me and I will give you rest. Now, he's not done. Look at verse 29. 
Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Jesus said, for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find, what's the word? (laughs) And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me just give you the reference. Philippians chapter four and verse number seven. The Lord said it like this. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Did you know that you can have a peace that passeth all understanding? You say, pastor, but wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't know uh, the financial issues that I have. You don't know the health issues I'm facing. You don't know the family problems I'm having. You're right. I don't know, but I know him. And I'm telling you, if you'll put your faith and your trust in him, he will give you rest and he'll give you a peace that passeth all understanding. You say, Pastor, what, why, why are you so, uh, you know, are you upset? I'm not upset. I'm just passionate about it because the more and more I live from day to day, I see more and more people that are just struggling. They're just struggling through life. I mean, just barely making it, barely making it from day to day. And preacher, I don't know how we're going to get to another day. And I don't know how, how we're going to face another month. And I mean, it's just problem after problem after problem. I'm telling you, what you need to do today, my dear friend, is run to Jesus. Amen. Run to Jesus. How, maybe it's time that you run to Jesus instead of the drugs. And, Maybe it's time that you run to Jesus instead of the barn. Maybe it's time you run to Jesus instead of running to Jack Daniels and Jim Beam. And hey, why don't you try Jesus? Because Christ can give you a rest. He can give you a peace. Listen to this verse. Exodus 33, 14. And he said, my presence shall go with thee. You know who God was talking to? He was talking to Moses. Here's a man that's leading, some say it could have been as many as three million cantankerous Hebrew people. They're never satisfied. God gives them water from the rock and they complain. God sends them the corn of heaven, manna, and they complain. God helps their shoes to grow with their feet and they complain. God helps their clothes not to wear out and they complain. God leads them through the desert, puts a cloud over their, uh, over their head to block them from the sun, and they complain. The desert gets cold at night, so God gives them a fire at night, keep them warm, and they complain. And here Moses is trying to lead these Israelites, and God comes to Moses and says, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Moses, I'll give thee rest. Listen to me, church. Oh, man, I feel like I need to come out there and shake some of you this morning. I'm telling you, you don't have to live with unrest the rest of your life. You don't have to say, well, preacher, this is just it. This is my life. No, you don't have to struggle for the rest of your life. You just need to make a change, and you need to give your life to Christ, and Christ can give you rest this morning. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse number 6. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. When a person turns to Christ, they're given a supernatural rest. Hey, you ever done this? Have you ever been by the bedside of a saint who's getting ready to pass? 
Church, I'm telling you, they've already got that death look. You ever been by the bedside of somebody like that? And they were born again? And as you stood by their bedside, they weren't afraid. And they weren't depressed. And they weren't discouraged. It was almost like they had a rest. It was almost like they had perfect peace. You know how that is? Because they knew they know a resurrected Savior. You see, when you know Christ and you give your life to Christ, he'll give you a rest you've never experienced before. He'll give you, listen, I'm telling you, what heroin can't do, he can. And, and what Bud Dummer can't do, he can. And by the way, don't you think we've tried that long enough? I mean, we've got, we've got enough alcoholics and we've got enough drug addicts and we've got enough folks that are just struggling and struggling and struggling. And I wish somehow I could just shout it out to this world and say, hey, why don't you give Jesus a try? Amen. And he can, give you, he can give you a rest. Can I ask you a question? How is it, how is it that Nathaniel Berge who's 17 years old, right down, here, right down the road here at Brenner's Children's Hospital that's taking, I guess, some of the most intense chemotherapy that anybody can take. And right now his mouth is broke out and sores because of the chemo and he's hooked up to a morphine pump because he's in so much pain and his, uh, his immune system is zero and his blood count is low and, and he's, he's, he's cooped up in the hospital and yet he has a smile on his face and he has a song in his heart and, and, he, and he, he brags on the Lord and you say whoa preacher what in the world's going on I'll tell you what's going on Nathaniel Berge found Jesus and when you find Jesus he'll give you a rest that the world knows nothing about oh man praise God how do these widows in our church and these widowers keep going when they've lost the love of their life and yet they keep on going and keep on going and somebody says I don't understand it why are they not bitter? Why are they not hardened? Why have they not quit? You know why? Because they have a rest that the world knows nothing about. You see, church, if we're not careful, we'll read over something that's life-changing. There's a reason he didn't just roll it away. He rolled away. He sat on it. And when he sat on that stone, that sitting implies rest. But that ain't... The rest of the story, hang on. Not only does sitting imply resting, hang on, church, but sitting implies a reserved seat. Now, look, if you go back at Matthew 28, if you're, you've turned away from there, I'll just read it for you. Matthew 28 says it like this, and behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door, but there's not a period right there, there's a comma. So the Bible doesn't stop when it says he rolled back the stone from the door, but it says this, and sat upon it. And so this angel was given a very specific task in Matthew 28. His task was to roll the stone away from the tomb of the Son of God. And after completing his given responsibility, here it is, church, he takes the very best seat in the house to witness all the events that are about to happen. Now, when I, when I read this and I thought about this, you know what I thought about? 
Here's an angel that does what God tells him to do. God says, go down there, roll the stone away. He goes down. Two tons, he just takes his finger, you know, rolls it away. And then, after he rolls it away, I, I tell you, I can almost sense the anticipation. He rolls it away, and then he... Reserved seat. You see, now he's got some news to share. And he is chomping at the bit to share this news. And so he takes the best seat in the house waiting for people to come so he can share the good news. Now, have you ever done this? Have you ever had some good news and you wanted to share it with somebody? And you were so pumped that you were waiting by the door and you were looking at your watch and you're thinking, man, where are they at? Where are they at? Or listen, have you done this? Have you ever been so excited about something that you couldn't even wait in the house and so you went out and waited and you waited in the driveway? And you're waiting for that loved one to come home. Why? Because you had some news that you wanted to share. And uh, you couldn't wait till they got in. You couldn't wait till they got out of the car. You wanted to catch them right there in the driveway and say, hey, you got to hear this. Listen, brother, that's exactly what's going on. In Matthew chapter 28, God sent this angel and he rolls the stone away and he sits down on top of that stone and he says, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now I get to share the good news. And the good news is this. He's not dead. He's not dead. He's alive just like he said he was was going to be. He came out. Yeah, he went to the cross and they put nails in his hands. And but is anyone else excited this morning? They put nails in his hands and nails in his feet and a crown of thorns on his brow and they scourged his precious body. But just like he said, he came out on the third day. He's sitting on the stone with a message to tell. Hey, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Is there somebody that needs you to sit on the stone? Is there someone that needs you to sit on the stone? So you can tell them the good news? You have a family member that's lost? You say, yeah, preacher, I do. I got a dad, he's lost without Jesus. You know what your dad needs? He needs you sitting on the stone. You say, yeah, preacher, I do. I've got kids that are lost. I don't know what happened, preacher. They just got away from the Lord or just got away and, and they're lost without the Lord. You know what your kids need? They need you sitting on the stone. They need you sharing the good news. Man, they need you to tell them that Jesus is alive. Hey, boy, thank God that that angel is, is seated. I, and I, th I thought about this too, church. Man, you know what? You're looking at a blessed man. I'm telling you, I'm blessed. You know why I'm blessed? I had some parents who are probably watching right now. My dad told me this week, again, he told me this week, he said, your little mama, he said, when she watches, when she watches the service, he said, she sits around on the edge of her seat. You know, I had a mom and dad who sat on the stone. Anybody else have a mom and dad sat on the stone? I got a feeling we got a lot of folks in here who had a mom and dad who sat on the stone. And when you got an old, old enough, they told you the story. You need Jesus. Hey, I'll tell you something else. I had a pastor who sat on the stone. Yes, sir. 
I had a godly pastor who pastored for many, many years, one of the meekest, one of the most humble men that I've ever met in my life, and yet Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, he sat up on the stone, and he told us about Jesus, and preached to us about Jesus, and taught us about Jesus. I'm telling you, man, you're looking at a blessed guy this morning. Who needs you to sit on that stone? And so we see resting. We see a reserved seat. Church, if you miss this last point, you're going to miss it. Not only does sitting imply resting and sitting implies a reserved seat, but watch this now. Sitting, think about it. Think about it. Sitting implies an absence of rushing. Does that make sense to anybody? Listen, church. If I'm doing this, you know what it tells you? I'm not in any rush. And so this angel comes and he rolls the stone away. And then he sits on top of the stone as if to say, no rush. I'm not worried about evading a Roman enemy. In fact, I just knocked him out. I'm in, I am in no need to rush. Now, yes! I am in no need to rush. You know why? You know why? Because everything was going according to plans. <laughs> there was no need for the angel to rush away. He just sat down because everything was going according to plans. God's incredible plan was being implemented to the T. In fact, this plan I'm talking about in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says that it was ordained before the foundation of the world. And so you understand that this was not something that just happened haphazardly, my dear friend. This was God carrying out his great master plan. You say, Pastor, big deal? Yeah, pretty big. Because if you give your life to Christ, God has a master plan for you. You say, Preach, I'm worried to death. I'm worried to death. I'm worried to death. If you know Christ and give your life to Jesus, you don't have to worry. I know, I know, I know, but I know, but I know, but but uh, but, but what if I get cancer like Nathaniel Berge? If you get cancer like cancer like Nathaniel Berge, you don't have to worry. Well, I know, but, but preacher, what if the chemo doesn't work? Listen, friend, if the chemo doesn't work, God will just take you to the next level, and then you won't ever have to worry about chemo again. And when you leave this world, you know what's going to happen? You're going to really start living. God has a master plan for your life, and you don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to get bitter. <laughs> you say, preacher, this has happened. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Preacher, my car motor blew up last week. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I know, I know, I know, but I can't believe my motor blew up. Did you know that your motor blew up possibly because God kept you from an accident? Oh, I never, I never thought about that. Yeah. Did you know that God caused you to get in that traffic jam where you got somewhere late because maybe there was an accident of the road and God and his providence and sovereignty was protecting his children? And yet sometimes we get so mad at God, don't we? And we say, God, that's not right. That 
that's not fair. You can't treat me like that. Friend, God doesn't have to ask for permission. And he doesn't have to give an explanation. God can do what he wants to do. Understand something. Understand something. That angel sat down because God had a master plan, and that plan was being orchestrated just like God wanted it to be. And if you're here this morning and you give your life to Christ, God's got a master plan for you. You say, yeah, preacher, I know, I know. But you see, there's something you don't understand. You see, I made, I've made a mess. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Pastor. But there's something you don't understand. You see, I made a mess with my life 15 years ago, 20 years ago, eight years ago, whatever it is. Preacher, I made a mess with my life. I got involved in this thing or I got with this crowd and started doing some things I shouldn't have done. And man, it just, it just, it just brought me down. And you see, I messed, all the, I messed all that up. Oh, listen, here's the good news. Did you know that God came to the prophet Jeremiah one day? He said, prophet, I want you to go down to the potter's house. Maybe Jeremiah said, Lord, why do you want to go to the potter's house? He said, you just go to the potter's house. Jeremiah, the prophet, goes down to the potter's house, and the Bible says that there was a, a work on the wheel, but the work had been marred. It was all broken up and messed up. You know what the Bible says? The potter put that thing back up on the wheel, and he began to spin it, and he began to add some water. And he began to touch it with those experienced hands. And all of a sudden, that vessel that was marred and messed up, all of a sudden, it started looking new again. Did you know if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've messed up my life. Do you believe God still has a master plan for me? Absolutely, I do. Brother Dave Kistler, who will be with us in August. Brother Dave Kistler when he was, him and his brother were coming up, his mom taught him how to paint, how to do art. And, uh, and each day she would take him in a, in a room and they would have a canvas and they would have their paints, their paintbrushes, and they would paint. And she would teach them how to, how to paint. Brother Dave said that his mom was a very accomplished artist. And one day he said as he was, as he was working on his painting, he accidentally bumped his little vial of paint. He bumped it and it poured over onto the canvas. And David said, mom, mom, come here. And, and he said, oh my word, I've made such a mess. Look what I've done. I've made such a mess. And Dave Kistler said, I, I figured I just had to take that canvas and throw it away. All that work's gone. Wasted time. I can never get it back. And he was really stressed. And he, he said his mom came over and calmed him. He said, honey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And an experienced artist took a cloth and she began to wipe the paint. Are y'all listening to me this morning? She began to wipe the paint off here. And then she took an instrument and she began to daub here a little bit, daub here a little bit do a dob here, and she began to fine-tune it. And Brother Dave said, I watched my mom, the master artist. I watched her. 
meant. I watched my mom take my mess and he said she made it back into a masterpiece. Somebody better hold the door because I'm getting ready to take a run this morning. Listen, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning and you say, preacher, I've got the worst mess that there's ever been and nothing can be done. Oh, yes, there is because I know the master artist. I know what his name is. His name is Jesus and he can do what I can't do. He can do what you can't do. And I'm telling you, my dear friend, he'll put you back on the wheel and he'll apply the water of the Holy Ghost of God and God will make a master plan in your life again. Man, aren't we glad we came to to God's house today? Hallelujah. A little five-year-old Brian was in the Easter play and he didn't have but one line. It was Luke 24, 6. And his line was this, he is not here, he is risen. But he got up there in front of the crowd and he got stage fright and he forgot his line. And the director was behind the curtain and she was, he is not here, he is risen. And he was like, what? (laughs) He is not here, he is risen. And he got a big, bright smile on his face. And he grabbed that microphone and he put it confidently up to his lips. And he said, he is not here. He's in prison. (laughs) Pastor, why'd you tell that story? Because Calvary, I've got some great news he is not here and he is definitely not in prison he has risen from the grave and he can do what you cannot do wow wow father we love you and thank you for this time we've had together this morning God, I have no idea who I'm preaching to. I don't know what the needs are. I don't know what the burdens are. I know about some because some have come and told me. But there's a lot of people in this room. And I don't know all the problems and the setbacks. But I do know this. I serve a God that's able to do the impossible And God, I've got a feeling there's somebody here this morning in this crowd that needs the impossible done. And Lord, before we even extend the invitation, right now I pray they'll just get up from their seat and make their way down to an old-fashioned altar and get some help from the Lord. Father, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, speak to hearts. And thank you for speaking to mine today. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Hey, can I ask you a question? How many are here today? With heads bowed and eyes closed, you're here today. And you'd say, Brother Pope, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm on my way to heaven. If that's you this morning, you just slip your hand up as a testimony. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You can lower your hands. Hey, listen, can I ask you a very pointed question? And I'm going to ask you to be 
blatantly honest, how many are here this morning would say, Brother Pope, I could not raise my hand in all honesty. If I died, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. And I want you to remember me. How many are like that here this morning? You'd slip your hand up. God bless you. Who else? Preacher, if I died today, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Who else? Slip your hand up right now. And would you let me pray for you? Come on, just raise it up really high for me. Would you raise it for me? Let, let me pray for you. Just raise it up and wave it wave it at me. Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there another? Can I pray for you? Can I ask you this question then? Who needs you to sit on the stone? What, what loved one, family member, is lost without Jesus Christ right now and they need you desperately to sit on the stone and share the news with them. Some of, you, some of you parents and grandparents, I'm telling you, your kids are not gonna make it and your grandkids aren't gonna make it if you don't sit on the stone and share the good news. If God spoke your heart about a certain individual in just a moment, I want you to come. I want you to come. I want you to come and I want you to breathe their name to the Lord on this altar this morning. God, save mom. God, save my brother. God, I've got a child that's lost. Lord, save my children. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I've made such a mess of my life. I just don't know. I don't know if God could ever use me again. Oh, yes, he could. And yes, he will. God can make a new vessel out of you. He can. He can. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we just stand all over the house this morning. Our personal workers are in the altar. If there are other personal workers that we have who'd like to just tiptoe down here this morning. Father, I pray that you're working this invitation. You're already working. Father, thank you for reminding us that you're such a great God. Father, I pray you'd help us to sit on the stone. God, reminding people that you're alive. God, you're able to save. You're able to change. You're able to do miracles. God, that person that's here this morning who feels like their life is a mess and Satan has come and told them that they can never be used again. God, today, help them to come. And God, I pray that they would, that they would claim the power of the Lord. And God, I pray you'd bring about a change in their life. Have your way in this invitation, Lord, please. And we thank you.